Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the You Should Run podcast. I'm your host, Tony Heil, council member in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. If you've listened to the podcast before, and I encourage you to check it out in the past episodes if you can, I've had guests from every state, from Maine to Hawaii and Alaska to Florida, which is where I'm going again today. Um, I've talked to people from school board to U.S. Senate. Every election is important. There are 500,000 elections in this country, elected officials in this country, most of those, or a lot of them, go uncontested or barely contested, and elections are how we hold people accountable, and that's how we get better people into office. It's more important than just complaining. And one person who's done a lot more than just complaining, though I'm sure he's done a fair share of complaining in his life when it comes to politics, is my friend Chris Massacott. We have known each other um, through politics since 2005 at least because of his work in politics and his work um, helping campaigns. Now he's running uh, as a candidate himself, and uh, he's running in Florida and Key West and uh, in that area, and he's going to tell us why. Hopefully you will be encouraged to run for office too. He's got a lot of experience. Let's see how that works this year. So, Chris, thanks for talking today. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Uh, so, you know, I, like I said, I've known, I, we've interacted for a long time. I haven't seen you in person. I don't remember when. I, I can't remember what happened more than a week ago at this point. Um, it's been a while. But have you always been politically involved? Have you always been politically active? Because obviously you've been politically active professionally for 20 years or more. So is there something that kind of spurred that? Um, In high school, because, you know, I lived close to New Hampshire, um, we uh, had an assignment during the 92 primary season to go to a political event. And I chose to go one to go to one in New Hampshire with Bill Clinton. I was inspired. I, you know, I didn't do much after that. Um, I just kind of like observed the the '92 presidential election. But that was the first time I really got a full taste of, you know, electoral uh, politics. And um, I went to college uh, and I studied accounting um, and finance and um, intended to, you know, just kind of work in that field. Um, and I ended up at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, and then I just got really just wanting to do more. And, you know, the PricewaterhouseCoopers is a great, you know, company and everything, but, you know, I just felt like there was something else. So I started volunteering um, on campaigns. There was a, a small little uh, special election in Pennsylvania because I went to Villanova. That's how I know you, Tony. Um, There's a small little, little uh, special election to replace uh, Connie Williams, who mm-hmm. was state representative and moved up to the state senate that's right uh and i was the treasurer for dalen leach for mm-hmm. uh 15 years i guess or 16 years because i stopped in in 2018 mm-hmm. during his for congress um and yeah so i was just getting involved then and um after i graduated from the university of pennsylvania with my uh degree in uh government administration um, I just got on a campaign in New Jersey and, you know, started doing stuff there. I worked for a congressman in New Jersey. Uh, and then I got scooped up by, um, this political tech firm called NGP van. I think everybody has heard of the van vote builder. Um, and then in 2010, um, wanting to like, you know, take a risk and do something, uh, you know, 
start something myself with you know other people um we started a, a company called ds political which does digital advertising for uh, Democrats, and we kind of pioneered the way to target uh, voters online and, and create, you know, voter audiences um, online. Whether it's you know Google or YouTube or different platforms, we can reach you know the right people uh, with the right message online. You know, first of all, um, speaking of Connie Williams, I had my worst job interview ever with her office as senator when I was out of work because you know between campaigns. Like, oh, I don't want to work on a campaign anymore. And they said, so tell me something about you. And I said, well, I'm 5'8", average build. And the woman across from me stared at me like I was the dumbest person in the world. And I was like, I have to leave this. (laughs) (laughs) I still drive by where her office was because it's not far. Like, ah, I still remember that. And then PricewaterhouseCoopers, my first campaign was in 2002 in Iowa. And um, I was on a team with future um, press secretary Jen Psaki. And... Mm -hmm two of the people on our team went to a Republican convention and because they were Democrats, just kind of see what they were doing, get like, get some Intel. They were pretending they were from PricewaterhouseCoopers. So anytime I hear anyone working there, I think of spying on Republicans. Uh, I could have, I could have played that part for real in 2002. <laughs> yes. It was a, it was a fun time. Um, you know, you have all that experience. You you're talking about in the 92 campaign, especially, and being young and then, you know, a few years later. Um, it reminds me of West Wing in that my mom had worked on campaigns when she was young. She t- talks about how she had volunteered for Jimmy Carter. Um, but then years later, she's like, oh, like, is, isn't politics like the West Wing? And I would always be like, no, they, they never spent any time raising money on this show. <laughs> how soon did you realize, like, what people know about politics is not at all what it's like? It's really not, um, you know, especially local politics. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, people really don't understand the importance of local offices because what happens in your local area affects you way more than who is president of the United States or who your senator is or, or whatever. Like you as a city councilman um, make decisions, you know, on zoning, on, you know, road repair, on, you know, public safety. Those things are so much more important to your everyday life than, you know, whatever is happening at, you know, the, the presidential level or, you know, the federal level uh, for that matter. Um, and, you know, I worked in, in, you know, federal politics for quite some time, and it just felt like those who were running for Congress just were always, you know, on the phone trying to raise money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you you know, you got to run every two years. And I worked for uh, a congressman named Rush Holt in New Jersey, and he had, you know, a, a competitive district. He was always a, one of those, you know, frontline candidates when I worked for him. And we always got a lot of support from the DTRIP, uh, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, for those that don't know what the DCCC is. Um, and it just was a constant like battle for money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I went through that whole time with McCain Feingold and, you know, do, you know, trying to get, uh, money out of politics. Um, I'm also on the board of N citizens United, um, which is also kind of an organization looking to try to get dark money out of politics and, um, you know, kind of work on, um, ending corruption in, in politics. Um, but in my particular race, um, so I'm running for Monroe County Commissioner, and um, it is a partisan race, which mm-hmm. is not great for me as a Democrat. You think QS is, you know, Democratic, 
It is. But if you go, I have to run throughout the entire county. You know, Key Largo to Key West, it's 130 miles. Mm -hmm. Once you go beyond um, Seven Mile Bridge, it just gets redder and redder. Um, and, it, and it got over the last four years even more Republican because, you know, there was this thought that, oh, Florida is the only place during the pandemic that has, you know, freedom because you didn't have to wear a mask and you things like things were open. Um, and so we had the biggest like boom down here in 2021. Um, not only did we have the highest occupancy rates we've ever had, we had the highest average nightly rates for our hotel rooms that we've ever had. We were collecting more money on our bed tax than we ever have. Um, and, um, you know, those folks that came down here were not exactly blue state voters. Right. Uh, and they all bought houses down here, which then drove um, our prices like out of control. Like I am shocked. I, I, I bought the house that I'm sitting in in 2020. Um, and if I were to arrive today, I wouldn't be able to afford it. Oh, yeah. You know, and and that's the problem. The reason why I'm running here is that our county commissioners, who are all Republicans, have been raising taxes and raising, you know, the amount of money that they're spending to a staggering six hundred and sixty seven million dollars. We only have eighty three thousand people down here. Mm -hmm. And counties in Florida are very similar to counties in pennsylvania like there's yeah it's 8800 bucks a person that is, uh, I, i'm doing the math in my head you can see on the screen because i know how much our budget is locally which is not nearly that obviously it's a local government but like right. that is huge per person well and when i you know it's, i it was pointed out i'm just casually reading the paper and somebody wrote a letter to the editor you know highlighting this mm -hmm. like that can be real and you know the budget process was going on and i you know went online and i watched one of the budget hearings i'm like holy moly that is real and then i did a little bit more digging and saw that um we tax and spend our residents more than any other county in florida per capita by far mm. Um, more than Miami-Dade, more than Palm Beach County, more than um, Collier, which is where Naples is. Um, there is a community in the Panhandle uh, right above Destin called Walton County, and that has, you know, a very expensive, you know, uh, it's very expensive to live there too. Um, and they face a lot of the same problems that we do. Um, but the difference is, you know, if somebody wants to work in Destin or in Walton County, they can just drive 30 or 40 miles and find a place to live. There's nowhere to do that here. Like you can't go somewhere in Key West and find an affordable place to live because we're surrounded by water. So that we can't, we have trouble finding workers. We have trouble retaining workers and we've had trouble, you know, keeping the people that makes Key West like what it is, the culture, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, every week I have another friend that says, I got to move. I can't make it here anymore. I mean, I, my landlord raised the rent by $500 a month or whatever. Um, and I just can't make it. And they're musicians, they're mm -hmm. actors, they work on the water. They, you know, that's what makes this place, you know, run. And so that was my motivation um, to run. First of all, I love the, the name of your podcast, You Should Run, because I heard that quite a bit last year um, because I spent two months looking for somebody to run for county commission. Mm -hmm. And um, what I kept hearing was, well, you should run. Mm -hmm. well, you. And I'm like, oh, I've got too much baggage. Nobody would ever elect me or something like that um, to that effect. But 
you know, as I thought about it more, um, you know, I left my old firm, DS Political, um, and I wasn't exactly retired, but I had time on my hands. Um, and I talked about through it with my family and, um, they're very supportive and I decided to go for it. So I made my final decision on January 1st and I announced on, on February 1st and, you know, we're at day, what, 17, 19. Um, so it's been great so far. Yeah. I was excited when I saw your post on Facebook because I was like, wait a minute, am I reading that correctly? I saw like you had an envelope up. You, did you know, like right away, like I know talking to a lot of people here, they kind of have an education where they have to know like, Oh, what are the steps? Who do I talk to? You've lived there a little bit. Did you already have like a plan in place in your mind? Maybe you don't know the whole campaign, but you know, all right, I got to do these 10 things if I'm going to start this. Yeah, that's a really good question. So I've lived here seven years. Um, I came here um, on vacation during um, inauguration in 2017 and you know this is how it happens you get here you stay for five days you meet a local they invite you over for dinner you meet more locals you just understand like the vibe that's down here and the 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 chillness and i was just so burnt out from being in washington and and stuff and you know i i I love washington but i just there was time for me to you know find somewhere else to live uh, and I kept extending my vacation more and more. And then I finally decided that, you know, I want to, I want to live here. So I did have to go back to DC obviously to get, you know, stuff in order and everything. Um, but then, um, I rented a house down here for a year, see if I would like it. Uh, next thing led to another and I bought a house and then I renovated it, sold that one, bought another house, renovated that. Um, so I've just gotten really like entrenched in the community here. Um, and you know, really have seen like how, you know, the, the, um, you know, the county and the city operate, mm-hmm. but I really wasn't that involved in county matters. I was more city. Um, we had a referendum in 2020, uh, that I was, uh, helping to, uh, lead and it was to limit the size and uh, number of cruise ships that were calling on Key West. Um, you know, I've got nothing against cruising, but our environment was really suffering for it. Um, our channel is very narrow and it's very shallow and they would drag, I mean, these, they would just bring in bigger and bigger ships and they would just drag silt, you know, right across the coral reef, which would, you know, smother the coral that's already struggling. Right. Um, and not only that, but, you know, they were bringing up to 10,000 passengers a day. And they would be rolling down Duval Street. That's our main um, drag. And they wouldn't buy anything. And they wouldn't eat because they got the free food back on the the ship. They don't drink because they got the free drinks back on the ship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe they'll have a a margarita. Just to say they had a margarita at Margaritaville. And they'd buy a $5 t-shirt. And then they would go and use our bathrooms and everything and our limited infrastructure and get back on the ship. And the average ship um, uh, cruise ship passenger only spent $32 per trip. Um, on the island. So it really wasn't economically feasible either. So we ran a campaign, we got enough signatures, um, and, you know, we won pretty handily. Um, and then after that, the state decided that um, we uh, could not make decisions for ourselves and overrode our um, vote. And so we were able to come up with a compromise because the city owns two piers and then there's a privately owned one. So now we only get one cruise ship a day. Um but before we were getting, we, we had more, we welcomed more cruise ship passengers per person than any other port in the world. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, even Venice doesn't take that many cruise ship passengers in. Um, and they've, they've actually done a lot to curb uh, cruise ship traffic as well. Um, you know, and I love that, you know, that people are able to visit here um, via cruise ship, but it's just not sustainable because we have a very fragile environment. And that's partially, you know, why I'm running. We are also in a situation where we're out of building permits. Mm -hmm. um, there are still 8,000 buildable lots in the Keys. But um, in 1973, the state declared us a, a, an area of, uh, of whatever, area of critical concern is what, what it was called. And that was in 50 years ago. And it, the, the law was supposed to, you know, go into effect and say no more, you know, new growth after 50 years, which is 2023. And literally nobody was talking about it. Like, I just like, why are we talking about the fact that come 2024, there will be no per building permits left to issue. Um, so we've been struggling with that. It's February right now. We're worried because the state has left us on the hook for um, you know, potential lawsuits. They're called takings cases mm -hmm. where let's say I, you know, 20 years ago bought a piece of land in, um, you know, Key Colony Beach. And I'm like, I am going to build my dream house on this plot of land when I retire. And now I'm 65 getting ready to build my house. And I'm, I'm told, sorry, you're, you're out of luck. You know, that's, that's really tough. And people are going to start either suing or, right. you know, something out. So we have to figure out, and that's another reason why I'm running, figure out what are we going to do? Are we going to appeal to the state for more building permits? Are we going to try to reallocate, you know, some, or, and so there's a lot of like complicated um, things that, that go along and, and why I'm, I'm running because they all um, right now are just on the side of big developers and commercial, you know, development and everything. And, um, you know, we don't have any more, Rogos is what we call them. Rogos. It's a rate of growth ordinance. Those mm -hmm. are essentially building permits. And you know, they just just recently they voted to build a giant Publix, fifty thousand square foot Publix in Tavernier, which is you know right south of Key Largo. Um, which there's a Winn Dixie like hundreds of feet away, and um, the the promise was eighty six more uh, affordable housing units, but we can't build those housing units because we're at a roadhouse. So, so, yeah, you know, it's interesting what you're talking about because, like you said, you had that really rapid growth uh, in 2020 and 2021, and obviously before that, too. It's not like it just happened out of nowhere. Um, and you have those other issues. How do you manage smart growth? Because, like you were saying with the cruises, like you come in really fast and it, like, it overwhelms people without getting the benefits of it. Um but I, I, know, I talk to developers here. If you slow growth, they're going to want to go somewhere where they can move more quickly. Uh, and, you know, growth is how you keep taxes down or taxes from going up too much. Obviously, it's not happening where you are. Like you said, they're raising taxes anyway. But do you, how do you think about, like, um, a smart rate of growth for your community? Um, well, part of my, you know, website, my platform is about smart growth. And really, we need to focus on getting, uh, you know, keeping our uh, community diverse. And what I mean by that is economically diverse, um, because, you know, everybody who has lower wage jobs struggles to find people to work there, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the publics, at the hospitals, at the, you know, and so 
we really need to focus on um, retaining and uh, maintaining uh, affordable housing. And so if we were to ask the state for more building permits, I would want to make sure that we're concentrating on, you know, housing that's, you know, not, you know, a nine bedroom mansion, you know, uh, right on the, on the water. I want Mm -hmm. to focus on, you know, smaller, more efficient, you know, long-term housing so that we can sustain a community that sustains on tourism. You know, we got plenty of hotel rooms, we got plenty of vacation rentals, you know, 70% of the housing stock here are second homes. Mm Mm-hmm homes you know and i wonder like and i've wondered aloud like how many bedrooms do do you think go unslept in a night in the florida keys you know there is just so much you know ability for us to kind of reimagine how we distribute our housing so that people you know can live here because if you're only making you know taking home three thousand four thousand dollars a month and your rent for a studio is twenty five hundred dollars like you just can't make it right um, and that's, you know, the, the, you know, the main problem and the main reason why I'm running is because the first thing that we can do is stop raising property taxes. Mm-hmm. My property taxes went up, um, for the, um, uh, for, I have a rental unit that's two units and I rent them long-term and those property taxes went up 17 and a half percent in one year. And that translated to $150 a month that I could pass on directly to my tenants and that, you know, I wouldn't make any more money, but to them, you know, oh, my greedy landlord is raising my right. rent. I didn't even, I haven't even mentioned insurance yet. Right. Uh, so, you know, we are at a, a crossroads in the Keys. Like we are building on very fragile ecosystem here. We, you know, there's an argument to be made that we shouldn't be here in the first place, but we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to do all we can to take care of what's left. Um, you know, we have 5% of the live coral that we had in 1950. 5%. Right? 5%. And wow. it's, it's growing. And when it's gone, you know, what are the shrimp going to feed on? What are the, right. like, you know, how are we going to, you know, maintain our fisheries here? So we're really at a, you know, a, a crossroads because the coral reef really sustains everything um, that we do there. I don't know how much tourism there would be if it was like completely dead. Um, you know, um, as you're talking about where you live in, in the county, part of the reason you like it there, I assume, is because it's a very welcoming place, right? Like people can welcome you. Yeah, every, everyone can be there. It's a place for everyone, no matter, you know, your background, where you're from, etc. Um, but when you have a lot of newer people there from out of state, uh, and that's fine. I like having new people in my town, too. But do you think that they don't realize how much the area has changed for better and for worse when it comes to the environment because they don't know any different. So the impact of that argument may be tougher because they don't, they don't realize is how much it's changed. Um, I think so. And I, there's a, people put a lot of stock into how long have you been here? How, you know, right. how long have you lived here? How much do you know? Um, there was a big to do because our new city manager in Key West had never lived in Florida before, you know, but he's, very smart and he learned pretty quickly and, you know, he seems to be doing um, a pretty good job, but you know, the, the percentage of people that are born and raised here is very small. Um, And they do have, um, you know, there is some issues about people not knowing the history of, you know, kind of how we got here and why, you know, we are, you know, where we are in in this, you know, kind of conundrum that we find ourselves in and, and, you know, a real pickle. Um, 
and and that's why I'm running is because it just seems like we the the county commissioners are ignoring the the, the pleas of the people. Um, and they are ignoring the fact that, you know, if there's another problem, they just throw more money at it. And, you know, the city of Key West is reducing the number of employees where the county is increasing the number of employees. They're not trying to find efficiencies. They're not trying to, you know, make um, use and do more with what they've got. Um, and instead, they just keep hiring people. Um, and, you know, th- and they're mostly lower wage jobs but you know we still have to pay people so that they can live here and attract workers so you know some of our hourly you know employees are making you know a lot um just so that they can live here and then that translates to higher property taxes and then they you know their landlord raises their rent and it's this vicious circle and if we can find efficiencies without raising taxes and without needing so many people you know employees at the county level we can try to start to, you know, slow that cycle down. You know, I'm not going to say break it, but we're going to, you know, hopefully slow the cycle of runaway spending and runaway costs. Yeah, I have uh, been talking with so many people on this podcast that there's like three parties in this kind and, and a lot of the states. State legislatures to me are the most important politics a lot of the time because it's like the intersection of federal and local in a lot of ways. And, and um, that you can see the radicalization in a lot of weird ways in state legislatures. Uh, where you had, um, you know, the conspiratorial Republicans and you had the business Republicans and the business Republicans were, hey, you know, we, we were campaigning against those people 20 years ago, right? Like those were the people we were trying to beat and now they're being beaten in their own party. Um, do you think that, I don't know what's going on in, in your local government like that and um, the county government, but is that issue affecting the governance where like the people who are running there you would think that they would be trying to make it more efficient but their incentive isn't to do that like they they don't there's no pushback to be ineffective inefficient they like they they're they're running on whatever other issues aside from what we grew up with as republicans trying to shrink government shrink size um taxes and everything like that that that's all gone by the wayside you know it really has it's kind of funny you know at one of the budget meetings, there finally was some citizen input, and there was this was the the budget meeting that was in Key Largo, and somebody got up and said, "You know, you guys are not acting like Republicans here. Like the seventeen and a half percent millage rate increase is not a you know what what I thought you guys were Republicans and you know cared about you know fiscal responsibility." So I'm taking it to them. I'm running as the fiscal conservative, as a Democrat. Um, and that has really helped kind of bring notice to my campaign. Um, you know, there's my opponent um, has not faced the voters before. He was appointed because our previous county commissioner uh, had to resign for uh, domestic reasons. Um, and he, you know, just sort of raised his hand, got appointed, and that, you know, the governor for for counties like uh, Monroe County, which is the Florida Keys, um, the governor actually uh, appoints vacancies um, at, at, at the county level. And so Ron DeSantis appointed this um, uh, guy, and he's pretty well known, um, but he's never run a campaign before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, on he's 22 years older than me. Um, and, you know, 
I care about the long-term future of the keys because I'm hoping to still be here in 20 years. You know, right. I'm still going And you, you want know. the keys to be there too, based on the environment. Well, right. I'm still, I want it to be here. And that's why, you know, what the decisions that we make today, um, they're going to affect the keys in, in 20 years. And I really could not let this go without nobody running against any of them because nobody ever runs against them because it's too hard. It's too hard to run 130 miles, you know, when there's one road in and out. Um, it's just a lot of like driving and a lot of campaigning. And, you know, it's an expensive proposition. Like, you know, my budget is around, you know, $300,000 um for a campaign like this this isn't as local as people think it is right um, and you know the budgets that we're dealing with are so big and really the the, the awareness isn't there so we can't have a conversation as, as a community without a campaign so three of the county commissioners are up in 2024 and i'm currently the only uh major uh challenger there's one of the commissioners has a perennial candidate that always runs um and, you know, you can in Florida, you can pay to get on the ballot. Um, so he always just pays his, his you know, 3500 bucks. Oh, yeah. Would, I would do that, too. That's, of course. <laughs> I just pay a $3,500 fee every year. Oh, no, I'm not. We're, we're, we're gathering petitions. Like, I'm doing it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> I just can't. No, I would not. I mean, it, well, for me, I only have to get 10 signatures. So it's easy for me. Not, like, it's not hard. I have to get 552. <laughs> and that's not even that hard, 552. Like, you can get that. That's something that... Um, our folks can get, um, you know, what, what you're talking about, the county commissioners and the governor and everything like that, it reminds me of the state of Missouri, which they have term limits and you can tell the people want who are running in the state legislature, they want to be governor, they want to be senator, they want to be attorney general. Do you think that's a, a problem impacting Florida politics locally, whether it's county or otherwise, especially when they know that they can be appointed to things by the governor who's got a national exposure that, hey, instead of focusing on Key West, instead of focusing on this, you know, um, our, our local businesses, property taxes, et cetera, I just want to make that the audience of one or the audience of our party happy because I want to get appointed to something bigger. I know that that's how, like, my future is not here. They're looking past where they are as soon as they get into that office. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because that is much less so here in the Keys because we are such an insignificant portion of Florida that, you know, a Monroe County commissioner isn't suddenly running for U.S. Senate or, you know, even getting appointed to U.S. Senate or um, running for we finally got a, a person on our you know insurance board mm -hmm. uh, from County because you know we spend so much money on insurance here, like it's it's almost to the point where nobody will actually insure us. Yeah, uh, and yet we get back much less, you know, in in claims than what we pay in premiums. Um, so we call ourselves, you know, a donor county um, when it comes to um, property insurance, you know, wind and, and flood. Um, so you know. I don't have any um, ambition beyond this. I'm doing this specifically because I care about what this place is going to look like and somebody needs to like speak up. Um, and yeah, but the incentive structure for Democrats and Republicans is different when you have a Republican legislature, Republican Congress, from, mostly from Florida, Republican governor, yeah. et cetera. Like, I, I understand that. Like, you're, you're not going to be like, oh, well, Ron DeSantis is going to appoint me. To, so that's probably not going to happen no matter what you do. <laughs> No, and we don't have term limits for county commissioners here. That's another problem. There's a county commissioner that's been 
uh, in office since before I could vote, you know? That's a long, so, that's a long time. Yes. Um, it may not be quite that, but I, he, I think he got elected in nine. It was in the nineties. So I know when we first started working together a long time ago, um, mail was the most important thing to do. You you're developing a campaign strategy. Um, maybe people listening to this, if they're running for office, are like, I got to follow Chris. Cause he's someone who's worked on campaigns and is running. So he's got good ideas. Um, have the, uh, tactics, evolved a lot for you like are you going to be more invested in doing online facebook uh you know, youtube whatever or um is that is the basics of campaigning still the same as it's always been um it always evolved and and it's funny you know when you come in as a consultant to wherever new jersey or you know michigan or wherever people will tell you on the grounds like oh you don't know how it's done here we do things differently here and it's mm -hmm. like no no everything's the same you know and and it, it truly is somewhat different down here the tactics uh because of the demographics and of the geographic um area so i ran i've run a couple of countywide uh, campaigns already since I've been here. Um, and we did one for school board and our, our candidate was uh, one of the more progressive school board members in the state. And she had a state kind of presence. She, you know, did a lot of writing about, you know, standardized testing and all of this stuff. So the Republicans actually moved somebody to Key Largo from Homestead, which is right on the mainland. She moved to Key Largo, rented a, an apartment specifically to run against her which I mean, seemed really silly. Um, but the, you know, the tactics there were, were, um, you know, pretty interesting. The moms for Liberty were supporting her and they, you know, did a lot of mail and stuff. And so did we, uh, mail works really well here. Um, digital works really well, especially CTV because, you know, so many people have ditched cable that they've got YouTube TV. Mm -hmm. We can you know reach them there. Um, and I remember you know people would come up to my candidate and say, "Oh, I love your TV commercial." And she'd look at me. I'm like, "You're not on TV, TV, but you are on the big screen, and people see you because they're you know we're advertising on YouTube and on connected television, uh, CTV and stuff." Um, so we'll go pretty heavy on mail and pretty heavy on on um, you know digital. But another medium here that is really important and that people take a lot of stock in, and you might laugh, is radio. And that's because people spend a lot of time in their cars, mm -hmm. traveling up and down the keys, and there's an accident. There is a there every day. There's something, you know, uh, happening on US one um, that the radio, uh, you know, advertising is pretty effective because people spend a lot of time in their cars here. Um, and also local, um, publications that do pretty good, you know, with their digital presence and stuff, um, is really important. And I feel really compelled to want to support local press here mm -hmm. because that's the only people that are reporting on what's going on. And the less local your press gets, the less, you know, the more, you know, corruption seems to happen. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of corruption issues going on here. Um, we have what they call a tourist development council and that's where our bed part of our bed tax comes from. Um, so, you know, hotels have to pay like, I think it's 6% or something of the cost of the hotel. 
to the Tourist Development Council. And then, so that translates into you seeing ads, I'm sure you've seen ads on TV say like the Florida Keys and Key West, close to Perth, far from normal. Um, we advertise all over the country to come to the Keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that one of our vendors, because we've only got three, and I can say this, that one of our vendors has been the firm, the PR firm for the Tourist Development Council for 44 years. Now, that's a recipe for corruption. Well, it turns out they've created fake um, uh, companies to build the TDC for literally nothing. And they've been doing that for years. <laughs> and there's no accountability because people just, they're, they're, that's why they're doing it. I, and then they fired, they, they excuse me, they put our, the, the head of the TDC on leave, on paid leave. And it was literally on her watch that all of this started to, to kind of come out and, and unfold. Um, and I'm running on that too, kind of like an anti-corruption platform that, you know, as an auditor and as an accountant, um, you know, it's not that I'm going to go in there and start doing the audits myself, but at least I'm going to know to ask the right questions and to say, hey, this doesn't really look right. And why is Graphics 71, this made up company, sending invoices um, without, you know, explanation? Is right. Like or anything so that's you know when you have local governments that don't have um uh you know good local press that's what breeds corruption and the county commissioners here never want to go on the radio they never like you know do interviews they none of them have a a facebook presence or anything they're not talking about what they're doing because they don't want you to know yeah. They're doing the bare minimum. You know, they'll advertise that little thing in the paper like, oh, there's a meeting. You know, this last meeting that they had, they, they created a special meeting on a Wednesday at 10 a.m. Um, and, you know, not that many people showed up. And they, you know, authorized this 50,000 square foot building where the current uh, zoning was only for a maximum of 10,000. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a, a plan to keep the keys feeling like the keys. And it's called the livable communities uh, plan that we've had in place for five years. Like, why do you bother planning if you're just going to blow it up when somebody comes along and wants to, you know, uh, you know, build this giant, um, you know, store, big box store that nobody wants. You know, as you're talking, though, about your strategy, it does remind me when you go on social media or you talk to people, they always talk about the big races, um, you know, president, Senate, et cetera. Um, and like, oh, Democrats should be here, do this. Democrats should do this on TikTok or YouTube. But as you say, and you're an expert on this from your years, it's really just about what that election community needs. So like here, I might not spend as much time on um, radio. Maybe I would, but like, that might not be how I'd invest my money if I had a hundred thousand dollars to spend on media, but there it might make a lot of sense and you have a good rationale for that. So I guess the tip would be to anyone listening before you say, Oh, I love social media ads or I love TV ads, figure out your community and what they're using before that you do anything else. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Um, and we did a lot of research uh, a few years ago when we first started running um, political campaigns, uh, keys wide, um, on how people were consuming their information um, and, and where they were getting it from. And um, radio, you know, surprisingly is a big one here. And we have a, a robust number of radio stations, even though we only have, you know, 83,000 people. 
Um, and they have to have the, you know, the antennas and stations, you know, cause we have 130 miles and they don't, you know, spread that far, um, all the way up the keys. So, um, you know, radio is pretty robust here. Um, but other, other places it may not be, you know, we're not advertising on, on Miami, you know, broadcast television because the 83,000 people that live here represents like 2% of that DMA. You know, mm-hmm. so I never, you know, recommend doing something like that. Direct mail is good, but, you know, not during, not before, you know, October or really even then, because most of our people that live here don't live here in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they claim residency here, but they don't, you know, live here year round. Um, so you have to reach them in, in different ways. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, either direct mail or or whatnot, but you really do have to get out there and and as a candidate, just try to meet as many people as you can. Um, and that's my goal for the rest of February, March, and April is to make sure that I get, you know, as to as many, you know, seasonal people as possible, uh, before they leave because they won't come back until right before the election. Yeah. I remember in 2022 when John Fetterman was running against Oz from New Jersey, and he put up a billboard in New Jersey. He had a, a, a plane with a thing going up in uh, on the Jersey Shore. And a lot of people laughed about it. And it was like, everyone from Philly goes to Jersey in the summer, right? Yeah. So, And it got a lot of free additional publicity. It probably cost him a few thousand dollars and got tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars more in impact because he was paying attention and his campaign was paying attention to how to maximize mm-hmm. your space. Exactly. Knowing where your audience is. We, we joke in the keys that, you know, when fall comes around, the, the colors of the leaves don't change, but the colors of the license plates do. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so you've um, been involved in a lot of campaigns, uh, you know, now for yourself as well. The podcast, like you said, you should run. That's what you, you were happy to see that as well. Um, why would you encourage people to run for office now, especially to run for local office or county office? Um, well, you're definitely not running for local office for yourself to get a title to, you know, you know, say congressman or something like that. You're running because you must care about your community. So the first thing that I would recommend is that, you know, I really think about why you want to do this, because, you know, campaigns are grueling. Campaigns are, you know, take up a lot of time. Um, you know, like I said, my family's coming down today, but I'm not going to be able to spend a ton of time with them because you know, I've only got one shot at the apple here. You know, we, we have to, um, you know, because on November 5th, that's, you know, it. Um, so the first thing is to really, you know, have a desire and want to do this. And that was a difficulty that I was finding um, when I was looking for people to run. I, I knew people that had plenty of money that they could do it. I knew people that had plenty of time that they could do it. They just didn't want to do it. And I had to really like convince myself that I wanted to do this and I've, I've not wanted to do something more uh, before in, in my, my career, I don't think. Um, and then, you know, the other one is just to, to get out and meet people and to, you know, see your community, especially locally, um, to, 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 to run because, you know, meeting all the local leaders, um, I make sure that I'm out and about meeting people at least five times a week. Um, so there is something to go to every day of the week. I could go to three things every mm-hmm. day in that is locally oriented. Um, and I just need to, uh, communicate as, as much as I possibly can. I've been lucky that I've had, 
a lot of things that I've been doing over the last seven years in Key West that people, my name recognition in Key West is probably pretty high, but in the rest of the Keys, nobody knows who I am, Mm -hmm. but nobody knows who my opponent is outside the Key West either. Right. So, um, we are really kind of fighting for the rest of the voters out there who have no idea. Most people don't even know that they vote for all of the commissioners because they're up so infrequently mm-hmm. that you know, they never make it on the ballot because last year or in 2022, nobody ran against them. So there were literally no uh, commissioner was never appeared on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this year there's only going to be one. And, um, you know, I, I'm stopped using district three in my advertising because it's confusing people. They're like, Oh, I could vote for you. I'm like, you can, you know, that kind of thing. So it's an education thing as well. Um, but you know, for people really preparing to run, really make sure that you want to do the work because, you know, those county commission meetings are boring, (laughs) but what happens in them are really important. Um, I, I find that so, they get less boring once you're doing it. Like it's kind of it's not exciting to watch, but once you're involved and you know the decision making, like it's like watching a cooking show is exciting because it's all condensed into the exciting parts. But a lot of cooking can be kind of tedious. But if you're doing it, you're like, oh, I'm going to make a cake. I'm going to make a steak. I'm going to make this stuff. So it's more interesting. I really love to hear that because right now, um, you know, the commissioners are meeting on on Wednesday. And one of the things that I'm running on as well is that there's not any engagement because they want to get through the business as quickly as they can and get out. And now that they're all the same, because we used to, the, there was a Democrat in this seat uh, as recently as 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that Democrat, you know, spoke her mind and she, you know, the meetings would last until 5 p.m. like they're scheduled to. But this last meeting that I was uh, at in Marathon, we were up before lunch. Um, and that's because they don't, they want to get it done as quickly as possible. Yeah, so they go on and do whatever they want that day. Um, so it was really difficult and important issues that they were discussing, and they just, you know, zip-zap and, you know, got it done. They invested so much money and so much time on this idea to go to a charter county. Um, and, you know, in Florida, we have non-charter counties like we are, and charter counties like Miami-Dade and Collier and all those folks that make up their own rules. We have to abide by the rules of the state, uh, which is why the governor appoints our, our commissioners. Um, but, you know, they were just doing it so they could slap another one cent, you know, infrastructure tax on us. I'm like, that's not how to sell this. And they ditched it. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars researching it and then ditched it in five minutes. And that's really kind of like why another reason why I'm running to really let the public know what's going on. Yeah. Just before we finish here, you said um, something about how, you know, you have good name recognition and the other person might not actually because people don't know that there is a government, much less who's in it. Um, I think that's part of the uh, imposter syndrome that some first time candidates have or that convinces that them to talk themselves out of running for office. Like there was a time for me when I was like, well, someone else could do it. And like, well, no. Why would someone else do it? And I have the same thing. yeah. And I think that it's a reason why people shouldn't talk themselves out of doing good things because if you think people don't know who you are, there's a very good chance they don't know who anyone else is. And it's not because people are dumb or ignorant. It's just because, like you said, there's so many elections. It doesn't come up that frequently. It makes sense that they don't know who their commissioners or council people are if they don't see them. And they have their own lives, you know? So, um, what was I going to say? Um, 
totally forgot. Um, yeah, people just don't know everything that's going on in politics, so don't let that discount you from running for office yourself. Right, and the imposter syndrome, you know, I talked to tell the story about me looking for somebody to run because, gosh, that couldn't be me. And I heard from so many people, no, you should run. You should do this. And, you know, at the end of the day, I really thought about it. I was like, yeah, why not me? And um, I did think that there were – I was worried about the kind of support that I was going to get. And I'm not worried about that anymore because the first two weeks were just, you know, really humbling about, you know, how people came out. They were, you know, contributing. Um, I've got a great campaign manager who was very well known. She was the development director for the local SPCA here. Um, she knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, great team. And every day just gets me more and more um, excited and optimistic. Um, you know, I know the challenges that I face running as a Democrat, you know, I start with an eight point penalty. Um, but I think I can convince Republicans because I'm taking the issues that they're typically strong on Mm -hmm. to them, you know, taxes and spending. And that's, that's my strategy. Uh, so you can't have a strategy without running for office and people want to follow you. Obviously that's a name ID. Uh, so if people are listening and they want to follow you, learn more about what you're doing, um, what's the best way they can find what you're doing online? All of my stuff is at ChristopherMonroe.com. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook at Christopher County Commissioner. I'm on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. Um, but ChristopherMonroe.com has everything there. Um, and, uh, you know, you can find, you can sign up for our email list and, and we do have a different list for people outside of the County versus inside the County. Cause we get really, uh, detailed and policy issues that I think a lot of people outside the County wouldn't like, but I also encourage any one of your, your listeners to come visit the keys. They're beautiful. And, uh, we love to have people to come down and visit. That's our business. Great. Well, if I ever have the time, which is rare, I would be, I would love to do that. Uh, first we have to repair a kitchen. So I don't know if we'll have the funds to go on vacation again until 2030 or so. Well, we'll find out, <laughs> but thanks so much, Chris. I wish you the best of luck. I look forward to following what you do and, uh, you know, doing some great things, not just for the keys, but for Florida in general. Great. Thanks, Tony. And if you're listening, hopefully you're inspired and maybe you should run for office too.